And welcome, friends, to Generations. My name is Kevin Swanson. Adam McManus, our host on TheWorldview.com, is with me on this edition. Welcome, Adam. Thank you. Now, while we're doing this show, you're not allowed to get a tattoo during the unfolding yeah. of your conversation, because that would be rather ironic. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, I've, I've been flying around the world a fair amount. You go to these third world countries, primitive countries, pagan nations, where there's almost no Christian gospel. And you run into a few tattoos, maybe. Then you fly back to the United States, come back to the U.S., wade ashore into the pagan territories of the United States and come upon some of the most pagan-appearing tribes the world has ever seen. It's kind of a shock to the system. Tattoos everywhere. United States is the third most tattooed nation in the world right now. That's according to what does that say? a survey, Oxygen Network and Lightspeed. 59% of the female population worldwide has at least one tattoo. This may be a little high, but 41% for their male counterparts. Italy's at 48, Sweden's at 47, United States at 46, Australia's at 43%, Argentina at 43%, then comes Spain, Denmark, United Kingdom, Brazil, and France. Now you look at that, you go, well, that doesn't look like, uh, you know, the Amazonian jungles. That's not, that's not looking like, you know, the Congo. Um, no, the top tattooed nations in the world, I think they're exclusively Western, aren't they? Let me go through that just for a second. Yeah, except for Brazil. I guess you could, could include Brazil with the Western nations, but Italy, Sweden, United States, Australia, Argentina, Spain, Denmark, UK. At the top for tattooed right now. Wow, huge, 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 huge. Um, and are those for female tattoos or just tattoos that's overall? average but now here's another survey pew research has their own survey and i actually trust pew research's survey maybe just a bit more pew research uh, finds that 38 percent of american women have at least one tattoo compared to 27 percent of men now that includes 56 percent of women ages 18 to 29 all right so the majority of women Ages 18 to 29 years of age, meaning the majority of women you run into in your neighborhood or in the church or wherever you go, the majority of women in America have a tattoo. 53% of women ages 30 to 49. So still up to 49 years of age, majority of women in America have a tattoo. So what happened to jewelry being your accessory or your statement? Now it's well, I'll tell actually you what, on your skin. A fair amount has changed since the 1940s and 50s and 60s. Can you imagine... You know, a, a woman attending the average Baptist church in Indianapolis, Indiana in 1949 with a tattoo. No, I cannot. Like one woman, one woman out of a thousand mm-hmm. with and a she tattoo. she would probably so. not have it on her hand, her neck, or her face. It would probably be hidden. Tattooing has gone from about 1% of Americans in 1960 to 14% in 2003. By the way, it's still on the exponential hyperbolic curve, even as we speak, anywhere from 35 to 43% in 2023. That's where we are right now. So again, from 1% to some 35%. By the way, these are the most significant cultural changes in the history of this country in a period of, what, 40, 50 years. Cremations, again, this is even larger or at least as large of a social index shift or a cultural shift in all of my research that I've done over 15 years 
The cremation rate in this country has gone from 5.7% to 57.5% in just the last 40 years. So cremation and tattooing both are the most significant cultural shifts in American history as demonstrated uh, by you know any any other kind of significant cultural phenomena. And so uh, now just speaking from a worldview perspective, he's like, well, what, 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 what is culture? Culture is worldview externalized or worldview incarnated. People call themselves Christians. Oftentimes are not honest or they're not even conscious concerning what they really believe. As we've said before, the Barna research have discovered only 1% of Gen Zers have a Christian worldview while 54% call themselves Christians. That means 98% of people who call themselves Christians don't know what a Christian is or what a Christian would believe. And then secondly, so many people who call themselves Christians will often be believing a foreign worldview while they claim to be Christians at the same time. In other words, not only do they not have a Christian worldview, but they actually believe a completely different worldview, a different religion. They actually hold to a different religion while they're attending a Christian church. So a fair number of people call themselves Christians, but they're actually believing a foreign worldview while they claim to be a Christian at the same time. And a cultural phenomenon is the externalization of a worldview. Generally, cultural phenomenon is an honest reflection of a person's real religion, what he really believes versus what he's faking like what he believes. Right. Well, you're you're citing the very famous quote from Henry Van Til, and it actually stated, "Culture is religion externalized." Oh man, you got That's a footnote it, for it, me. I, I thought that was original. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you you got it. Yeah. Don't we pretty much borrow everything we ever say? <laughs> Absolutely. Hopefully, it's all rooted in the scripture, mm-hmm. right? And more to the point, speaking of Scripture, what does the Bible say in Leviticus 19.28, NIV, do not cut your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. So there is this bright line that God has laid down in Scripture in the Old Testament. Yeah, and people say, well, now wait a minute. Are we allowed to apply some of these Old Testament principles? The Old Testament book of Deuteronomy says, don't trip up a blind man or don't put a stumbling block before a blind man and say, how in the world can that apply in the New Testament era? I say probably a bad idea to be running around tripping blind men in the New Testament era as well as in the Old Testament era. So, you know, and and, and the apostles themselves in Acts chapter 15 finds these universal cultural principles as applicable. They say, hey, don't be involved in sexual sin. That's an important Old Testament principle. And then they also added, don't be eating blood because the life is in the blood. That's Leviticus 17, 10 to 14. Also, the same passage that refers to, hey, don't use tattoo marks on the body. Leviticus 19, 28 says, you know, don't be doing the soothsaying and the divination either. Don't be a witch um, don't remove all signs of masculinity, that is shaving off all of your beard or all of the indications of your masculinity. Also, don't make cuttings on your flesh for the dead and don't prostitute your daughters. Now, my guess is most people reading this, most Christians would say, yeah, probably not a good idea to be a witch and to prostitute your daughters. But then suddenly we're okay with consuming blood and tattooing the body. But, you know, hey, the apostles themselves stuck to these Old Testament principles in Acts chapter 15, and I think we need to take them seriously as well. 
Now, some people get caught up in cultural expressions. Now, I think we need to allow for this. There are Christians who get caught up in cultural expressions, and they don't know why they're doing it. They just follow the crowd and participate in the sacraments or the cultural expressions of the crowd without thinking about why they're doing what they're doing. So I think we have to have some room for that. Absolutely. But uh, the primary cultural zeitgeist of our day is post-Christian. That's where we are. We're a pagan, post-Christian nation, and we're going to be taking up as many pagan and post-Christian practices as we possibly can. Now, I'm not saying that cremation is a sin necessarily, but I'm saying that people do what they do because of their worldview, their commitment to propositions. If we're cosmic dust, nothing matters. Burn it up. The resurrection's a certainty, though, and potentially imminent. Then why burn the body? What people actually believe about ultimate issues will reveal itself in how they treat matters of life and death. People may profess to believe certain things, but then the choices they make, their relationships, their burial methods, their dress and culture will often betray the other system of belief. So bottom line here, friends, shift in ideas over the last 50 years has resulted in a shift in the handling of the matter of death, cremation, absolutely, tattooing, absolutely. Hey, we've moved from a christian worldview to a pagan worldview you think the cultural change because of that absolutely that's precisely what's happened the only question for christians is do we change our worldview and do we take up all these cultural expressions of the other worldview that's my question for every christian listening on this edition of the program and uh, we're going to deal with this tattooing thing just a little bit more in just a moment on generations stay with me Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered, Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post-Christian secularists for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. And we are back on Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, Adam McManus as well. Getting back to these massive cultural shifts that have occurred all around us. Very significant worldview shifts in all of Western civilization. And of course, the enculturalization of those worldviews have been uh, following the worldview shift that came about over a hundred years prior to the 2000s. So now I have a section on tattooing in my book on pop culture called The Tattoo Jesus. Highly recommended, by the way. I mean, the chapters on tattooing is only about three pages. I just 
thought it was a neat title for the book. So I went ahead and called it the tattooed Jesus, but you know, we're dealing with movies and music and all the other aspects of popular culture in this little book. But uh, again, three pages on tattooing itself. But I think one of the reasons why people tattoo is for self-definition and also for identification with or identity with something. Now, when it comes to self-definition, man wants to self-define himself in the postmodern age. I mean, that's all about the postmodern age. Man wants to self-define his own sexual orientation, his own gender, his own skin look, his own appearance. He wants to form and fashion himself according to the image that he has concocted in his own mind. Now, this is not foreign to any of us, right, Adam, this self-definition. People are self-defining their gender today. Mm -hmm. That's right. They're self-defining their sexual orientation today. They're self-defining what they want to look like. And they'll use weird cosmetic surgery in order to redefine themselves in terms of their gender and their skin look and just about every other aspect of themselves. They're not content with the way that God has made them. So this is not a strange notion to us in the modern age. It's not. All of these things, tattoo parlors, cosmetic surgeons, sun tanning places, and even hairstyling places where you can change the color of your hair, they all do great gangbusters because apparently no one's content with the way they are. Yeah. And then the second thing is identification. People want to identify with something. They, you know why you brand a cow? You are claiming it as your own. Yeah, you're identifying the cow with the X bar X ranch. That's what you're doing. You brand a cow to identify the cow as belonging to some particular ranch. And people want to identify themselves with something or somebody in an age of isolation, in an age in which they don't find themselves belonging. We live in an age of lost boys and girls, and they want to identify themselves sometimes with the cartel or a gang or they want to identify themselves with this or that. So it's identification. Now, Jesus has his own tattoo. It's called baptism. We're baptized into Christ. We're identified with him in baptism. Now, what would Jesus say if I introduced my own sacrament? After he has baptized me, he has put his brand on me and that brand has sunk right down into the very core of my being and that's baptism. And then I come to him and says, well, your baptism, Jesus, isn't enough. I want to add another sacrament. That would be problematic. <laughs> he would what would say, Jesus uh, say? No. Well, yeah, he would say, now, wait a minute. Yeah. I mean, I, I gave you my sacrament, my sign, my, my symbol. You identify with me because of this baptism. And I think so much of the modern church has discounted baptism as a sacrament, as a symbol that identifies us with Jesus. We brand a cow to identify the cow with a certain ranch. We are band branded ourselves by baptism. And I just wish that the modern church would reemphasize baptism. That would reduce the number of Christians who would see the need to add their own sacrament to this. So I deal with this again in the Tattooed Jesus. I recommend the book to you. But what can we say about Christians who have tattoos? Well, my answer to that is, hey, we have all kinds of scars from our pre-Christian years. And in some cases, it takes a lifetime to wear out these scars. And then, of course, we're completely renewed in the resurrection. So praise God. Amen. Also, all of us have things we are repenting of. We're not judging people with tattoos any more than we judge ourselves for our own issues. 
right? We have to be careful with judgmentalism. I get that. I get that. I mean, you can look look down at somebody else. Kevin, you might have issues. I don't have any issues. Yeah, right. But we have our here. own issues too. So we're we're all <laughs> repenting of stuff. So you know, join the club. Um, but I think also we need to call the post-Christian pagan world back to repentance, to renew their minds, to gain a new worldview, and then to slowly enculturate the new culture. Romans twelve two. That's appropriate to the worldview that uh, they have received. Okay, and that's all, the whole renewing of the mind according to the will of God, as we read Romans twelve one and two. All right. What I'd like to do is I'd like to go to Kat Von D. Now I've never heard of her. I, I had never heard of Kat Von D until this afternoon, and. I guess I just don't watch these tattoo, you know, programs. You're the only one on the Learning Channel. I I just don't do that. I I don't watch much television, so I'm out of it. There are, yeah, I've seen the promos, and I think I've seen a couple minutes of the actual show here or there. Catherine von Drakenberg is her actual full name. Forty-one years of age. She goes by Kat von D. She interestingly was the daughter of missionaries seventh-day adventist missionaries born Mm. in argentina and Mm. grew up with a sister a brother primarily was in california classically trained in piano at the age of six has a really fascinating background but she became enamored with tattoo art and style and the culture and got her first tattoo at age 14 quit school at 16 to become a tattoo artist and then was sent off to a notorious facility for troubled teens where she suffered abuse. I'm not sure the extent of the abuse, but uh, Paris Hilton attended the same facility. She said she was also abused at that facility. And reminds me of what appears to have happened to Sinead O'Connor, who died recently at the age of 50-plus, who was also kind of a troubled artist-type person. But back to your reference to the reality TV, she had a show initially called Miami Inc. Uh, and then inked her own deal, if I can use that pun, and had the starring role in LA Inc. She has her own tattoo parlor in Hollywood called High Voltage Tattoo. She is a phenomenally popular influencer. Facebook, she has 11.6 million followers. Twitter, 1.6 million. Instagram, 10 million. She has just released an album as of a couple of years ago called Love Made Me Do It, released her first single, Exorcism. But what happened was, you can hear it from that very, the first single release, she became enamored by the occult. And over the course of, I guess, the last month or so, she has been posting some select images of her baptism. She had a 12-minute long video on Instagram, which got a lot of attention. According to one article, she said that she is not ashamed of her faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. She wanted to be publicly demonstrative of it and let people know where she's coming from. But she also said that she does not want to become the poster child for Christianity. And Mm -hmm. when I first read that, I thought, well, I don't like the sound of that. But when I read further in the article, she's saying, look, I'm just starting out. I don't want you to think that I've got all the answers. And in other words, she's a baby Christian, and she wants to be given some latitude for her own discipleship to learn, to read the Bible, to receive the wisdom of those who have been a part of the Christian journey longer than she has. Yeah, I hope she understands that she's received, you know, the tattoo of Jesus. She's she's baptized. 
She's got the mark of Jesus on her now. And if she so identifies herself with Jesus, then all these other tattoos are going to be meaningless to her from here on out. Uh, By the way, she started repenting in July of 2022. She shared on Instagram back then that she was throwing out all of her paraphernalia dealing with the occult. And she says, I've always found beauty in the macabre, but at this point, I just had to ask myself, what is my relationship with this content? The truth is, I just don't want to invite any of these things into our family's life, even if it comes disguised in beautiful covers, collecting dust on my shelves. You know, praise God. It appears to be something of a conversion that's happened in her life. That's that's a huge thing. That's that's really huge. She was baptized at the Switzerland Baptist Church in Vevey, Indiana, just recently, a year after she renounced witchcraft and the macabre. So I applaud it, and we encourage others to join her and repent of their sins. But if you happen to Google her, you will see she's got tattoos so prominently. I think both of her arms are like fully black almost, and she's got tattoos on her hands, her fingers, her face, her neck. I mean, this has defined who she's been for 41 years. Yeah. Well, I want to interact a bit with her Instagram comment. She she got some negative comments from Chris, some Christians, and I, I want to interact with some of this because I think it's helpful, especially as we grapple with a post-Christian culture and those who repent of it. I mean, I think we need to, we need to understand this, and we hopefully are inviting people into our church that uh, need Jesus and, and need to receive or be taught and discipled in a biblical world and life view that eventually will result in a change in culture. She says, I think it's really insane. We live in a time where people still judge a book by its cover. I wasn't aware there's a uniform you're supposed to wear once you give your heart to Jesus. I will say there's a certain aesthetic that is a stereotypical aesthetic for the Christian community, and that's not me. I don't dress like that. At the same time, I would never judge you for how you look, etc. And And she had some comments that, that followed. I'll pick some of that up. Uh, I'm a Christian, says somebody, and currently wearing a skeleton onesie while I listen to this sick new jam. Y'all need to stop being so ridiculous over these things. Jesus knows her heart and you don't. Exactly why I hate religion, somebody else says. She can turn her heart to God and you'll still burn her at the stake. No thanks. Uh, She would want to be a part of religion that uh, attacks everything they think isn't biblical. What's up with that? Somebody else, true Christians don't hate, they don't judge. If you judge someone because you think they're sinning, that's a sin in itself. Well, <laughs> again, you know, this is the kind of comments that come from Christians who were professing Christians who don't understand that you still have to make distinctions between that which is right and wrong and uh, make judgment calls when it comes to ethics and uh, and at points make decisions as to whether or not we are going to accommodate certain sins within the fellowship of the church and so forth. Here's somebody else who wrote, I'm a Christian, I'm not offended, I'm glad you are being real and honest, I love Jesus, but I also love black tattoos and rock and roll. It's what's inside that matters. So again, taking up that question, it's what's inside that matters. We don't judge a book by its cover. Now, I don't know, I I don't think I should be walking around nude for a lot of reasons, uh, Adam. Yes. You know, you can't judge a book by its cover. I mean, come on, Adam. (laughs) But I just don't think a Christian walking around without clothes on is appropriate. And this idea that the heart is all that matters, but the outward is totally unimportant. That, that, friends, is just pure Gnosticism. 
That's a, that's a radical dualism. It's the wrong religion. No, no. The Christian faith judges both the heart and the actions, the internal and the external. In 1 Timothy 2.9, Paul says, in like manner also, the women should adorn themselves in modest apparel, with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. Now, this is an admonition not to be proud and ostentatious in your appearance, calling attention to yourself. That might be wearing a you know, four-foot peacock hat to church on Sunday. Sitting in the very front row with a four-foot peacock hat on. I'd say that's ostentatious. Probably I love your leave examples. the peacock hat at home. What a visual. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I'm just giving examples. I mean, you know, obviously, these folks haven't been discipled in a biblical world and life view, and they need to be. Much less proper etiquette. Oh, man. Now, we have to be careful that we don't elevate cultural expressions to the same level of worldview. I get that. Some cultural expressions maintain higher levels of audio for things indifferent, so I get that too. Yet symbols mean things. Sacraments stand for things. Skeletons indicate an infatuation with death, not resurrection. That should be obvious. We, we live and walk in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're all about life. We're not about death. The world celebrates death or attempts to celebrate death, and they include the day of the dead, usually once a year, it's typically Halloween. Terrible, terrible. Christians absolutely abominate those sorts of celebrations. Why? Because we live in the, the life of Christ. We give him the glory for resurrection, for beating the living daylights out of death, overcoming the devil, overcoming the greatest enemies of the human soul, gaining the victory for us, and hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're not celebrating skeletons and death. And so the bottom line is symbols mean things. Sacraments stand for things. Let's say that, you know, some youth group leader came upon, you know, some heavy metal con concert and everybody's lifting the middle finger and screaming at the top of their lungs. Comes back to the youth group on a Saturday, explains to everybody, we're going to worship God now with the lifting of the middle finger. All right. Now, Yikes. bringing pagan symbols cultural symbols into the worship service as a Christian. Okay. Um, wow. Okay. No, we don't do that. Don't be an idiot. Symbols mean things. And by the way, don't be dishonest either. There's a lot of Christians who say, well, you know, skeletons don't really mean death. Lifting the middle finger doesn't really stand for something supremely disrespectful in human society today. Give me a cotton pick and break. Right. <laughs> Please. Don't be an idiot and don't be dishonest. <laughs> symbols mean things. If I stand up mm. in front of the church and preach with a Playboy bunny symbol on my t shirt, come There's a on. problem there. Yeah, yeah. come on. <laughs> so, this idea that, you know, culture is pure audiophora, purely indifferent, that's ridiculous. And, friends, I've got a whole lot more on this in the tattooed Jesus. What would the real Jesus do with pop culture? Wake up, be discerning, friends. Get a copy of the tattooed Jesus and learn how to interact with popular culture in the right way. It's called the tattooed Jesus. What would the real Jesus do with pop culture? Available at generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson and Adam McManus inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation. <laughs>